Hello and welcome back to the What About podcast. I'm Owen and hopefully you know the format of this series by now. We've been really excited to be going over the Lord's Prayer over this last few episodes, picking them apart with a special guest who then talks through those passages and then we discuss them afterwards. So hopefully you've enjoyed the ones that have gone so far. We were really blessed last time to have Janet Johnston and it's great for Sai to be with us to finish this series as we talk about lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Sai, great to have you. Thank you, it's great to be here. Not sure I've ever been called a special guest before, so I'm excited. I don't know why I'm special, but we'll see. <laughs> As you say, actually, it's been, a, it's been a great series and it's been, oh, it is my joy to finish off with the prayer with and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil and whilst many people may pray certainly i did as a child uh, yours is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever that's a traditional addition to the lord's prayer it's not actually the the end that jesus had jesus true to his words earlier in matthew's gospel just a few verses before teaches us not to use many words we don't need to embellish or improve our prayers with religious language. In, in fact, your Father in heaven is not, is not impressed with this sort of thing. So God's interested in us. He's interested in our hearts, what's going on in the, the, the secret place. And he knows it anyway. So that's, you know, we, we don't need to use religious jargon in that sense. When we come to him, he wants us to encounter him and for him to encounter our hearts. So... Yeah, it's worth bearing that in mind. So this is how the Lord's Prayer finishes with, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I have to say, I, 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 I know I've messaged you personally on it, and I really love the way Catherine started this series. I know she's your wife, so you'll be biased, but she was great. If you haven't listened to it, I'd encourage you to listen to what Catherine said there at the beginning. But she, she reminded us that it, we're coming to our Father and so whilst Jesus, even moments before, is encouraging us to go into our room and to pray by ourselves to, to God, there's also this corporate aspect which, which theologians pick up on. It's our Father. We're coming to him to, together. We pray by ourselves and we pray corporately. I'll come back to the, the corporate aspect in a minute when we look at the lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. But we're coming to our Father who loves us and he wants us to resist evil from within our own hearts and also from outside and that's makes a huge difference to our thinking really doesn't it when you're coming not to the judge not to a policeman not to you know just someone who's distant but to your heavenly father who loves you and wants you to do the right thing and is you know encouraging you to to to, to do the right thing because he wants the best for you it's interesting, um, I'm with my youngest son at the moment, I've done it with all, all the others, but we're, he's getting to the stage where very soon he will be walking back from school by himself. And he's gonna to have to navigate groups of older kids because they all finish school at a similar time. He's gonna to have to navigate the roads. And whilst I'm not particularly worried about it, I'm not also unconcerned for his safety as he does that. It's always in the back of your mind, particularly at the beginning. So at the moment, I'm helping him to think about his environment, to think about road safety. He's somebody that gets very distracted within himself with his own thoughts. And if he does that and forgets his surroundings and forgets what's going on, he may actually run into problems or more precisely, problems may run into him. And 
And there's probably a bit of an analogy there of when we get distracted by our own temptations, it can often lead us in, down a, into a place where problems run into us that had we not got distracted by those temptations wouldn't happen. But maybe you can pick up on that later. I'll, I'll move on from that. But back to the point is that, that I'm his father, so I'm concerned for him. I want him to do well at this. And God is our father in heaven. He wants us to resist evil. He wants us to not give in to those temptations that arise within us. He wants us to make good choices. So um, there's that to bear in mind. But then also, as Catherine highlighted, he's our father in heaven. He's totally sovereign. So he he's the one who is in control of all things. So we're coming to somebody who loves us, but also has the power to, to help us. And I'll pick up on that a little bit later as well. So this final part of the Lord's Prayer is about protecting us from yielding to future sin, really. And it's more about protecting us, it's more about that than protecting us from other people or, or, or demons, although there, that is in there, included in terms of evil, but it's more about, I suppose, sin, in a way. The most famous theologian, or one of the famous theologians, Augustine, said, the meaning of this line is best understood as we are conscious of our own weakness and desire to enjoy the, and desire to enjoy the protection of God that we may remain impregnable against all the assaults of Satan. And one of my favourite theologians, Calvin, writes on this, whoever implores the assistance of God to overcome temptation acknowledges that unless God delivers him, he will be constantly falling. So it's yeah, so worth bearing that in mind. For us uh, as Christians, there's great peace in knowing that God is sovereign over our lives and we're, we're coming to him and that everything that comes our way does actually have uh, a purpose. And you know, you've got scriptures like Romans 8, verse 28 and, and that sort of thing. However, it doesn't mean that we just accept everything that comes our way. Either God wants us to come to him and to exercise faith in seeking him for deliverance from trouble, deliverance from our temptation. We're called to seek him for peace in the land that we, we live in. And yet we can trust him to know that when things do happen, when things do go away we weren't expecting and there's aff afflictions or other things that are going on in the world around us, we can trust him that he knows what's happening and he's in control of everything. And even in temptation, the Christian can be sure that, as it tells us in God's word, that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. So thanks to God's loving fatherly care for us, we need not fall into sin when temptation comes our way. The problem isn't with God, in fact. The problem is with us. As James writes, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. So the problem is with us. And as Jesus makes clear to his disciples just before he goes to the cross, 
uh, and they're, they're sort of sleeping in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation, because the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Thus, when we pray this part of the Lord's Prayer, we're recognising that our flesh's natural disposition leans towards sin. So we need to daily seek our Heavenly Father for his help not to give in to these sinful temptations that come along and to deliver us from any evil that comes our way as well. As I said, either from the devil, the world, but mainly from uh, ourselves. And picking up on the point that I made earlier about from what Catherine highlighted, that is our Father in Heaven, there's a community aspect to that. It's not in the Lord's Prayer that we then need to go and one of the ways that can help us from falling into temptation is, is having people that we are accountable to, people that we have a, a close relationship to say, look, I'm really struggling in this. Can you pray that help, help me not to fall into temptation there? But certainly if you're doing it in a corporate setting, there is a sense in which that, it, that loans itself to it. And certainly part of church life and here at Christchurch, we encourage everyone to be part of a, a discipleship group where you have that accountability with one another just to say, look, I'm really struggling with this. Or I'm really struggling with that. Can you pray for me? And that's a really good way of being delivered from temptation. In fact, and when you fall into sin, the Bible tells us to confess our sins one to another. And there's that sense of this journeying together on this Christian life where we can help one another not to fall into temptation. Of course, that's, you know, with people that you know well, people that, that love you, that you know them and love, uh, uh, and love them, not just saying share with everyone, oh, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with that. But in terms of certainly in that discipleship context, I would encourage people to, as part of an outworking of this prayer, to share with others. This daily request, because obviously the Lord's Prayer is give us this day our daily bread, there's a sense in which we're called to pray through it, not necessarily using the words verbatim as your, as your, as your dad highlighted earlier in this series, but that as, a, as a structured way to pray, this, this sort of daily request to God finds its ultimate fulfilment when Christ returns and he ushers in the eternal age where we'll be given an imperishable resurrection body and will live on a renewed and perfected earth where there is no evil there is no sin we won't we won't be tempted in that way we'll just be able to worship God fully but this side of eternity we do come to God daily and pray this recognizing our complete need for his help to keep us on the straight and narrow path that he has called us to so hopefully that's a quick summary of or maybe a long summary of, of what that that one verse means and what we're called to do from from that that's great no thank you thank you that's awesome yeah no great to chat just a bit further a couple of questions i had i suppose coming from that which was really cool and sort of on a practical level love that quote from augustine to be conscious of our weakness in in that walk how would you say we live like what does it look like to practically live every day conscious of weakness but not living in fear that sort of tension of you know we know we have to be aware of our weakness but also you know that not seeing the you know sin behind every bush almost yes yeah i think 
Going back to what Catherine highlighted from and what Jesus teaches us to start with, coming, you're coming to our Father in heaven. There's a big difference to somebody you know, tr who's trying to do something and they keep getting it wrong if it's like the head teacher, mm. who's a strict head teacher, they're telling them off every time to a child learning to, to, to walk and the dad's there so excited that the child's learning to walk and they fall over and then you, know, you pick them up and encourage them to, to, to keep going. And then when they get a bit older and they, they can walk more confidently, but they're just being stupid in, in a way in how they walk. Uh, they're running around and they're just not looking where they're going. They're falling over, bashing into things. And, and it's because of they're trying to, I suppose, run before they really, really are able to. And they're just not, they're, or they're just so pleased that they can suddenly run. They're, they're not taking in their surroundings. And so you're feeling sorry for them. They bash their head or whatever, but you're also sort of trying to gently steer them to say look you need to consider your 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 wider surroundings and so i think there's that sense of we are weak we do fall over regularly we do make mistakes and you know one john makes it very clear if you think you say you're without sin you're a liar <laughs> you know we all we all sin and uh, you know certainly when you get to the level of you're going to be judged for every word that comes out your mouth and every thought and intention of your heart is exposed before God, then you think, oh dear, yes, I do sin quite regularly on those, on those levels, even if indeed you're, you know, you're, you're, you're slightly better. So we all sin, we all make mistakes, and we need to be quick at dealing with them and not minimising that side of it. But there is a sense in which God loves us. He's our Father and he's wanting us. He, he's... His son, the Lord Jesus, has died for us, made us clean. He is wanting to help us to become more and more like, like Jesus. So there's that, I think there's that, that, that wonderful balance of, yes, recognising we fall over, recognising that we will make mistakes, not excusing them, but knowing that God loves us and is wanting to in, in, encourage us forward. So I think that that's a, a, a big factor in that knowing it's Father. God that we're that we're coming to but then at, at, at the same time he has also given us his Holy Spirit to help us live for him so whilst we are weak and our natural selves is dead in our transgressions and sin we have been raised with Christ the hope the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us so we 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 don't have to think, oh, I'm always going to fall you're not actually in Jesus you have the power to resist it yeah I made that quote that no temptation has come to us that God hasn't provided a way of deliverance so we don't need to yeah live in in fear that oh am I going to be good enough actually God has given us all that we need to live a godly righteous life and in his grace he's made provision for when we fail which we all do from time to time mm. yeah and I think it's really great you pick up just about the Holy Spirit there because the thing I wanted to go on to next was that sense of making sure how do we live not falling into temptation, but not doing it in our own strength? I think it was something I was reflecting on with, with Catherine the other, just yesterday, actually. We were talking on the drive home, and it was a review of a book that I read when I was younger, and these people were saying, you know, most of these sort of, what we would see as sort of the five ways to not fall into sin, they're mm. all like, you've got to work on this, and you've got to work on this, and you've got to do that. And I hadn't realised how much it actually framed a lot of my growing up that it was on me to deal with it. And although obviously there is personal responsibility, yeah. that awareness that 
as long as you keep doing it in your own strength, you're probably not actually going to see those that growth and that sanctification. You have to. It has to be the work of the spirit in your heart. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. That's a, yeah, no, is a is a great point. And one of the books that I read, I think, is a book called Deep Mentoring, which you know, forgive the title, but it is actually a very good book on discipleship, really. And in there, he. He reminds you that the Holy Spirit is the chief discipler. Yeah. It's his responsibility to get us to be more like Jesus. And so, obviously, he's talking about in a discipleship, mentoring relationship there. So you you would you also have a, a certain responsibility to try and help disciple the other person. Obviously, they themselves have the responsibility before God. But the Holy Spirit is the chief discipler, and he's the chief one that is at work in our lives. He's the one that highlights sin to us he's the one that is is challenging us and he's the one that will help us so yeah it is drawing upon him it is seeking his power and seeking him to make you more like jesus so i think that in one sense that's a positive way of of praying lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil is holy spirit help me to be more like like jesus yeah and 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 i suppose that sense of as you were saying earlier and you said we might pick it up as you become more like Jesus, not only will you be able to put aside, when, when temptation comes, it's not so desirable to you, but also you said about not being in those places where temptation may be. Yes. And that sense of as the spirit moves in you. I mean, I remember when I came to know Jesus and there were friendships that I really valued beforehand, which actually sort of over a few years of when I came to know Jesus, I realized they weren't helpful for me, they weren't healthy for me. And, and even sort of now, there are times where I, you know, I run into someone that I used to get on really well with, and actually I feel almost this, the Holy Spirit in me being like, oh, this isn't a friendship I think you want to cultivate now anymore. And it's really tricky, it's really difficult, but that sort of quiet leading as you grow in him, and. and I don't want to say like I've reached a point of sanctification when because that feels incredibly yeah. arrogant and it's not that but I have noticed even in the last year a couple of times where those places for which where temptation would have come in which possibly seemed a lot more desirable then and not anymore yeah yeah I think how do you for someone who's listening in and, and going well I'm not there yet what what sort of on a practical step one point would you say, would it be finding someone on an accountable level? Would it be more of a sort of reflective internal freedom in Christ thing? What, what, what would you say? I think there, there's a, a couple of things really. I think firstly, it's going back to your earlier point about needing the Holy Spirit. So even in that prayer, Lord, help me to be, Holy Spirit, please help me to be more like Jesus. Work on me in this area because I am tempted by it. So you're, you're, you're recognising that it is an area that your heart is out of sync with what God's word says, but your heart still wants that thing. And, and so you're asking God to help you become more like Jesus in this area. It, yes. And then secondly, it's probably, there's obviously self-management in there that you need to keep a, a short tally with yourself in that area and put some good personal boundaries in and I say that 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 first because because when you go on to the next area of yes it would be good in terms of having an accountable relationship with a you know either discipleship group as we would encourage here at Christchurch or just a good 
mature Christian friend that you've walked with for a while that you trust to say, I'm really struggling in this area, can you pray for me? But you see, you can have all those things in place, but if you haven't got good self, if you're not trying to self-manage yourself, so, you know, in your personal life, there's always ways around stuff that you, you can do, you can not even see that person for a while, I think, oh no, I've messed up, I won't see that person for a while. So when they ask me, you know, how I'm doing, I, I can, I, if I don't see them for the next two weeks, I can hopefully be better and say, oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think there, there's that, it's, it's asking, it's asking the Holy Spirit's help to make you more like Jesus, recognising that there's that, that internal tension going on. Secondly, then yourself putting some measures in, in place and keeping yourself on a, you know, a short lead, maybe. Uh, and sort of say, no, I, I know I struggle in this area. Well, for example, your, what you just said about some people that you now see that it's, 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 it's difficult. When I first came back to, to Christ, there were friends that I'd hung around with for a while that I knew I had to initially just not see because I wouldn't be, if I was with them, I wasn't strong enough to stand up to, you know, and say, no, no, I'm not, I'm not like that anymore. Mm. And so there was a period of time where I needed to grow in my, in, in my faith to be in a place where I could stand up to them. So yeah, that, 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 that self-management and then obviously accountable relationship, thirdly, I think would be, a, 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 and those three that should help you. And over time, what you'll find is that the Holy Spirit does change your heart to, make that internal temptation just less and less, and it's more just of an external temptation that, that might come your way, which doesn't appeal so much on, your, on the inside, so it's easier to, to bat away. There's always times the devil waits for an opportune time, so he may, he may, when you're feeling low, bring something about that normally you wouldn't be tempted by, and you think, oh dear, oh, oh that is tempting, and then you've, that's a, that's, a, that's a, a, a different setting. But again, with the Holy Spirit's help, in any situation, we should be able to say, no, I can, I can get a way out of this. Mm. And how, I suppose, would you, for someone who might be either a new Christian or, or, or listening in, how do you know when it's the, the enemy's voice speaking to you and it's not just either your own thoughts or, or, or something, something else coming? You know, some, there's a lot of conversation that happens in the world someone might be like, how do I know that that's not the voice that I should be listening to? That's actually unhelpful at the enemy. Yeah, I think possibly the best way to do that is to, is to answer the question or look at the question slightly differently, is how do I know when it's God mm. speaking to me? And obviously, ultimately, we know it through the Bible. You know, in banks, when they're training people how to recognise fake notes, it's by looking at the proper note and saying, this is a proper note, it's got this mark, it's got the you know, watermark here, it's got this running through the note here. And so it's getting, encouraging people to spend time in, in what the Bible says, because the Holy Spirit does work with our conscience and challenge us over some things. But actually, when we're first saved, even when people have been a Christian a long time, sometimes our conscience, because it's been so shaped by our culture and our upbringing, maybe that may even be out of kilter with God's word. And so that, and that takes time for the Holy Spirit to change that and bring it, everything in line with God's word. So it's, it's looking at, at God's word and, and, and sticking with what that says, what you know to be true of, of, of the Bible 
And again, it's one of the, the jobs of the Holy Spirit to remind you of, of the things that Jesus has, has taught, remind us of things of God's word. So uh, that would be my encouragement there. Then you can know what God's word is. I think trying to differentiate between what's the devil, what's, what's the world and what's yourself is actually quite a tricky thing. And often it's in retrospect that you realise, oh, actually, uh, that thought just came completely side left. It's not a normal thought for me. But that's possibly the devil in that situation, just dropping that, that in there. Of course, the world is, um, the devil's obviously ultimately behind a lot of the ideologies of the world, but the world is constantly bombarding us with different ideologies. And so those thoughts can get into our mind. And if you uh, watch uh, certain programmes, and in Christchurch, we have a lot of freedom, I suppose. We leave a lot of things down to people's conscience in terms of what they will watch and what they won't watch. And what's right for one person may actually be wrong for another person. And you even you see that in, in Scripture in terms of people's consciences, but the Apostle Paul recognising there's some people have a more sensitive conscience to, to others. But, but if you... Uh, so, for example, one of the things that me and Anna, uh, against a, a personal choice that, that we've made... We don't watch any series or films that promote affairs or, or, or in a positive light, really. Uh, in fact, we were, there was one series that we were quite e e enjoying because the wife was staying faithful to the husband, but then I think comes uh, season two, it changed, and it started to promote that her going off with this uh, other, other man and trying to justify mm. that in people's thinking. So... We, we stopped watching it because that would drip feed into, into your, your thing. So you do have to be careful what you allow yourself to, to watch because that will influence you and, and, and then that, that will start causing you temptations in that area. But, and you also have to be aware that the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately sick and so the, the heart is... It, our own selves we have enough problems with our own selves you know so sometimes trying to work out oh is it the devil causing me that so i blame him do i blame the world yeah. there's a there's a sense in which actually don't worry about that just just you know try and resist the temptation ask god for help later it might be worth reflecting on what, what led to me being so tempted in that situation or, or where did that temptation arise from because that may help you avoid it in the future yeah scenario but in the instance I, I wouldn't worry about that I would just you know sort of flee from that temptation it's a Joseph situation yeah. don't yeah. don't think anything just run yes. <laughs> Leave yeah, it yeah. just run yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, do I rebuke you devil do I, yeah. Uh, yeah just yeah just run and then and then you know uh, yeah, take God's escape route and then later maybe it might be worth reflecting on some things it's interesting though I think actually I was just thinking about Joseph and, and often we obviously do hold up Joseph in that situation as a, as a great example. It's also worth bearing in mind on an earthly sense, it looks like it fails miserably because Joseph ends up in prison. Yes. So it doesn't always mean things won't always look like you think they should look. You think, I yeah. did the right thing. Yes. Um, but God will bring it for his glory at the right time and, yeah. and will honour that. Yeah, I think that's very true. And that's where... Going back to the our Father in heaven part is recognizing there are things that come, and even if we are, you know, trying to live as godly life as we can, and we're avoiding temptations, sometimes there are evils that come our way at the hands of other people, yeah. and we have to deal with that, and uh, as best 
we can to try and either avoid it or, or not let that evil then enter our hearts in terms of maybe bitterness in response to that person or we, we need to be giving that over to, to, to God. So yeah, it doesn't always work out the way that we expect, but we can trust that God is sovereign and that he does have a purpose in it ultimately, whilst we possibly will never know this side of eternity, why some things happen. We can trust him that he's our father. He does, he is good, he loves us. There is, a, there is some purpose in it. And one day when we go to be with him in glory, we, we will understand more fully why some of these things happened. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you, Si. That's really great. I think we'll, a great place to close and to draw that in, a good summer, a summary almost in that last sentence of, of what we to do and what we're to live for. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, you're welcome. Today. It's been, been a pleasure. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking in along this journey with us. We've really enjoyed it. I hope you guys have as well. I just want to finish by reading those verses from Matthew 6 that we've been looking at, but I want to start just a bit before. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thank you for listening.